the voice of reason, the voice of alarm, the voice of stats, the voice of scouts, the voice of Kool-Aid, the voice of dismay, the voice of Davo. If that wasn't what the doctor ordered tonight, I do not know what is. As the Royals come out, they play a complete game and they steamroll back. In pretty unlikely fashion, following the loss of 6 out of 7, they come out, defeat a red-hot pitcher in Cy Young Award winner Corey Kluber, and behind six good innings from Jason Vargas and some timely hitting, the Royals beat Cleveland 4-2. to two. As we welcome you into another edition of Clubhouse Conversation, it's Davo on your dish. And yeah, like I just alluded to, th- this game seemed unlikely for the Royals to win on paper. We detailed that last night, but again, that's why baseball games aren't played on paper. That's why they're played in real life. I mean, these things <laughs> these things happen where Jason Vargas comes out and outpitches Corey Kluber, who coming into this game had a 1.4 ERA his last four starts and 50 Ks versus two walks. Corey Kluber had a 25 to one strikeout to walk ratio in just his last four starts alone. But the Royals come out and takes two pitches for KC to jump on him early. They get ahead one nothing. First pitch of the game, boom, double. Alcides Escobar. Second pitch of the game, boom. A single by Moose, one nothing Royals, and they did get briefly behind 2-1 to one in the third inning, but they never looked back. Thanks to the pitching of Jason Vargas, the Royals' bullpen, and our player of the game tonight, Eric Hosmer, earns player of the game for the fourth time this year on Clubhouse Conversation. He had the biggest at bat of the game. But let's reset here. So, like I said, the, uh, Cleveland goes ahead 2-1, to one, top of the third inning, 2-1 to one Indians. And as we've seen the Royals do so many times this year, this is at least the 10th time, probably a dozen times now, when the Royals get down, they come back the next half inning and take the lead or at least tie it. At least a dozen. And I, I don't think, can you look that stat up somehow? I need to figure that out. That may be advanced beyond my my current statistical boundaries, but I, if you can even find that at all. But the Royals, once again, bam, it, it's got to be at least a dozen times. They come back and and right away, Bottom of the third, they strike back. So Drew Butera leads off the inning. He strikes out. But then Alcides Escobar, another hit, makes him two for two. He singles. Then Mike Moustakis singles. So that puts runners at first and third for the Royals. First and third with one out, bringing up Lorenzo Cain. And I thought during that at bat that he might lay down a bunt. Lonnie Chisenhall at third base way back. It's an automatic run with Escobar at third if he bunts there and most likely a hit. But luckily he didn't because things turned out even better as Lorenzo Cain, as the Royals did all night, tried not to do too much against Corey Kluber. You go up to trying to pull the ball against him exclusively, you're dead meat. He goes oppo, right field, double to Brandon Moss. That ties the game for the Royals and should have put runners at second and third still with one out. But then, you know, it wasn't a horrible gamble. It didn't turn out. But, you know, Mike Jersley does send Mike Moustakis, who's gunned down fairly easily at home plate by Moss, Kipnis, and Gomes. So the Royals have a 2-2 two to two score now. Instead of two to two in second and third and one out, it's two to two with just that runner out there and two outs. So at that point, you're thinking, man, the Royals only got one run in the first inning. I mean, you, as you know, against a Cy Young pitcher like Corey Kluber, who's back on again, you know that you don't get a lot of chances to score. And in the first inning, the Royals scored one, but you felt kind of let down because after two pitches, the Royals had already had a run and they had a runner at first with nobody out and and Kane and Hosmer and Morales and Gordo coming up. So you felt like maybe the Royals could get one more run on that first inning at least, and they didn't. So then you only get one there to tie it, and you would have had 
seemingly a big inning until Mike Moustakis is thrown out at home. So the game's tied at that point, and if Eric Hosmer, our player of the game, doesn't come through in this at bat right here, wow, this game could still be going right now. So Eric Hosmer, a five-pitch at bat, rifles again. What did I just say a second ago? Opposite field, not trying to do too much. Rifles a double within about eight inches of getting out of the park off the left center field fence. Puts the Royals ahead three to two. Missed being a home run by mere inches. And then Kendrys Morales, same thing, opposite field. Six-pitch at bat versus the five by Hosmer, but same result, double to left, just missing a home run. Four to two Royals, that would hold up in the end. But, I mean... Hosmer just picked up the whole team right there with that hit. With that at bat. 2-2 count. The game's tied at 2. The Royals, without Hosmer coming through, have blown a chance at a big inning or at the very least getting that third run in. Didn't matter thanks to Haas. And then ultimately, Kendris Morales, who also got the big hit. But let's also give big credit to Alcides Escobar. I already mentioned it. Two hits tonight for Eski. Scored two runs. Moose, a couple of knocks and an RBI. Haas had another hit, a run, and an RBI. And the Royals just did fantastic against Corey Kluber. And that's the third time in three starts now they've done this to him. This one, I mean, Kluber did throw the ball pretty well in this one. Eight strong innings, allowed four runs. But the Royals got him for nine hits and a walk. That's ten base runners in eight innings. And they scored four. They struck out nine times. That's fine, though. They scored four. You score four against Corey Kluber. I told you last night. What did I say last night on the dish? I said that I thought the Royals would probably lose this game unless Jason Vargas could hold them at two runs, and I thought the Royals would get three runs off of Kluber in eight. They got four. So the recipe I said last night, and I'm not trying to toot my own horn here. I'm just demonstrating that it was slightly unlikely that the Royals win this game tonight. But I told you it had to happen. Vargas had to hold them to two, and the Royals had to get three. They ended up getting four. Three would have been enough, though. They got the win. So just a phenomenal job by the Royals offense tonight. Not trying to do too much. Taking the ball the opposite way and, and making uh, you know taking advantage of their opportunities. They really did. And now Jason Vargas pitched well tonight. I mean, pitched good tonight. Pretty well off did Vargas by doing damage control tonight. Like I said, two runs in the six innings by Jason, and he scattered eight hits. Most importantly, zero walks with three strikeouts. In fact, the Royals as a staff, zero walks tonight for Vargas, Matson, Herrera, Holland. In the key inning, we talked about the key at bat of the game by Eric Hosmer, who's our player of the game. The key inning for Vargas and the Royals on defense was obviously the fifth inning. So Michael Bourne, his third hit, or in the process of getting three hits tonight, has another little blooper at an infield, crack bat hit, another blooper at double, another, I mean, just, just all three of his hits were soft, but, you know, they count still. He leads off that inning. With the blue head. Then Jason Kipnis, a solid hit to center field. Lorenzo Kane bobbles, which allows Bourne to head to third. So Cleveland has runners at the corners with nobody out. Royals ahead 4-2 to two in the fifth, and nobody's warming up behind Jason Vargas at this point. Mike Avila's coming up. At bat of the game, play of the game. Jason Vargas right away rolls Avila's into a double play. And the box score will say 1-4-3. And you'll think, okay, whatever. But if you're watching the game... Three things went into that play. Number one, poor base running by Michael Bourne at third base. In that situation, a chopper back to the pitcher, and it was a one-hopper back to Vargas, who did kind of look Bourne back and it froze him. That's what you always do. You freeze the runner, which he did. But then when Vargas turns back to throw to second, at the very latest, I mean, really you should have taken off on contact on a ground ball, but by then you've got to take off if you're Bourne for home. You know, nobody out. 
But Bourne just stands there after Omar Infante catches the ball at second base. And what does Omar do? A quick glance to Bourne as Bourne was thinking about going when Infante gathered the ball. That little quick look by Infante, the two peaks by Vargas and Infante kept Bourne at third. But he has to go on the contact in that play. First and third, nobody out. Very, very worse, they throw home and get you in a rundown. Your runners go back to second and third. There's still only one out. I mean, you've got to get in a rundown there, force three or four throws if you're born. Let your runners get to second, third with one out. Or you score on the double play, one or the other. He did neither, and it cost him. So Bourne blew it on the base running. But let's give a lot of credit to Vargas, A, for making the pitch, but B, for freezing the runner. And then, of course, Omar, a great job. And we talked last night about how Omar didn't make the play in a double play, which that and the blown call by the umpires in New York, who, by the way, admitted today that they were wrong and apologized to Ned Yost and the Royals. Doesn't help a lot now, but at least they admitted it. But we talked about last night how Omar blew the double play. But not tonight. He came back and got the job done. Still is mired in a two-for-35 slump, but at least he put something... Uh, you know, an egg in the in the hat tonight, an egg in the basket tonight. He contributed to this win. Jason Vargas then gets out of that fifth inning by retiring Carlos Santana. That ends the threat on a pop-up. The best game the Royals have played in 10 to 14 days. I mean, they won kind of an unlikely fashion. They played well on Friday in Chicago, but three home runs, they're not going to win a lot of games with three solo home runs. The Royals played better today. This is more Royals baseball. Take the ball the opposite way, hit some gaps. Play great defense. We saw a tremendous play from Alcides Escobar on defense. Tremendous play from Eric Hosmer. Good starting pitching. Great bullpen. This is how the Royals win games. This is the recipe. This felt like this is a Royals game. This is just a, it felt great tonight, and, and and I just I didn't expect the Royals to win. So a big tip of the cap. That's a great win tonight as the Royals move back into tie with Minnesota and go back to ten over. Now tomorrow I like the Royals again. I told you last night I thought tonight was unlikely, and I thought tomorrow the Royals had the edge. Not a huge edge, but the edge. Trevor Bauer though has been fantastic this year for Cleveland. Four and two with a two nine seven against Chris Young. Four and one with a one five five. Also, you know, obviously great in his own. Regard And I talked about Corey Kluber, his last four starts. How about, how about Bauer? Not quite the sexiness with the Ks, but one five three ERA, so essentially the same there in his last four outings with 31 Ks versus the 50 for Kluber. But, I mean, Bauer's damn good. That Cleveland rotation is good, man. And if they go out and make a move and get another pitcher, man, because that offense is pretty good too. I mean, look at that rotation. When Kluber's, well, I've told you since before the season, I thought, Danny Santana was my, or sorry, Danny Salazar. Now I'm confusing, you know, Santana with the Twins players. Danny Salazar. I thought from the start of the year that he was kind of my, uh, my surprise player in the AL Central, and couldn't believe that the Indians had sent him to AAA to start the year. He's come up, been awesome, and then you've got, you know, obviously Carlos Carrasco. We saw last night can be really good, and then Bauer. I mean, this is a good Cleveland rotation, good offense. So it, these are big games for the Royals. I, before the season, I picked the Royals to win the division by one game over Cleveland. And Cleveland's not that far back. They're only a couple games back at Detroit now who continues to falter in a tailspin. I don't think the Twins are going to be there in the end. I, do, I just don't. The White Sox, I think they're just kind of a 500 or slightly below team, the way it's looking right now. So I, I think it's going to be the Royals and the Indians. For a while, I thought Cleveland might get buried. But, I mean, they've been so red hot. And we've seen this out of Cleveland many times the last couple of years. But their unlikely wild card playoff run two years ago, we saw it. You can never count out a Tito Francona team and a team that can throw the ball and hit the ball. Now, defensively, they're not good, but 
they are one of the, the other two facets. So these are big games for the Royals. All interdivision games are, especially when you've coming off you know a stretch of losing six out of seven. So a great win tonight. If the Royals could get this rubber game tomorrow, it'd be huge with the Rangers coming in. Now Bauer did face the Royals once this year. April twenty eighth allowed three runs and seven hits with two Ks and six innings. So a pretty good job by the Royals. Three runs and six innings, not bad. We'll see if the Royals can at least match that tomorrow, if not maybe do even better. And Chris Young has not started a game against Cleveland, but has seen them for three and a third innings out of the bullpen this year with two Ks, no runs, and one hit. So I like the Royals tomorrow. I love Chris Young in this ballpark always. And I feel like Bauer, the Royals have hit him hard in the past, especially last year in one of the games. I just feel like Bauer is about to get hit hard. I, I think the Royals might respond again with a nice win tomorrow. Will we see Salvador Perez? We shall find out. Wouldn't shock me if he gets one more day. Wouldn't be a bad idea at all, especially since he'll be playing most likely the day game after the night game on Saturday. So we'll have it for you again tomorrow night on Clubhouse Conversation. Just a nice win for the Royals. And be looking for the Tom Gamboa interview coming tomorrow. Royals first base coach from 01 to 03. Part of that tragedy. Well, not tragedy. It was not called a tragedy. But part of that well, it's almost a tragedy based on what happened to his career after being beat up by those two fans in Chicago. A tragedy is a strong word for sports, but it went beyond sports, obviously. So we can call it that. Had some hearing loss for a while. It changed his life, really. We'll talk about that. It's a very frank interview. I completed that today. We'll publish that tomorrow here on Clubhouse Conversation with Tom Gamboa. More of your favorite current Royals as well. Subscribe to us, iTunes-wise, at Royals Clubhouse, Twitter, Clubhouse Conversation, Facebook. Drop me a note on the website right here, Dave O at ClubhouseConversation.com. Just a great win for the Royals. Enjoy this one. Savor it. We'll talk to you tomorrow.